Welcome to Here's the Deal, your leader in sports, featuring everything you, the fans, want to talk about. From top 10 lists to predictions to debates, it's all covered right here. Hosted by Michael D. White Jr., a.k.a. The Bearded One. Welcome in, everybody, to another week of Here's the Deal. I'm sorry it's two days late, but I want to welcome everybody back to Here's the Deal. I got a lot to talk about today. Got some NFL and I got some NBA going on that we got to talk about all the way out down to my final thoughts. So without further ado, let's start with the best game of the week. Roger led the Packers over the Cowboys again. In a rematch of last year's divisional playoff game, the Green Bay Packers, yes, my team, Came out on top of the Cowboys 35-31. to Now look, I, I'll admit, I was a little worried when the Packers went down 21-6. to And then on the following drive, we stalled out. But from there, everything went as planned as I hoped it would. Aaron Rodgers led the way going 19-29, for 221 yards and three touchdowns. And also orchestrated a final game-winning drive with a little over a minute left in the game. Now, we all know Aaron Rodgers is great, but there's some things I definitely don't want to go unnoticed from this game. For instance, after being knocked out of the game last week against the Bears, Devontae Adams bounced back with seven receptions for 66 yards and two touchdowns, one being the game winner. So I'm glad to see that that man healthy again. I'm glad to see him out there making plays. I also want to shout out the fifth-round rookie out of UTEP, Aaron Jones. He played a great game, 19 carries for 125 yards and one touchdown. So great showing by the Packers' young guy. But let's segue over to the other side of the ball. Now, let, let's, let's just, let me be clear. I, I'm in no way a Cowboy hater. I promise you. I, I more so hate the fan base, and I have my reasons for that. But I, I don't hate the Cowboys, okay? Dak and Zeke played well countless times. Dak got away from sacks and made big plays downfield. That almost cost my TV its life. I was so mad. But the thing is... The Dallas defense, outside of a few names, as in Demarcus, Demarcus Lawrence and, and um, Bruce Irving, their, their defense is horrendous, straight up. They couldn't stop the run, they couldn't stop the pass, and they now fall into a 2-3 and three hole. Now, now, is their season over? No, but I think some things need to be figured out quick, or the Cowboys very well might not make the playoffs again. Then I said Bruce Irving, my fault. David Irving on the Cowboys, no disrespect, dear. But... As a whole, that defense just needs to figure it out. That that offense, people like to complain that they left too much time on the clock, which they did. But you got to remember, they, they took off eight minutes on that drive. That was a 17-play drive. And quite frankly, when he ran that read option, you got to score that. When it's there, he took it when it was there. Because who knows, they might have got stopped. They barely got that fourth down earlier in the drive. So I think the offense shouldn't be as much blame as the defense. The defense needs to pull it together and figure it out. But anyways, let's segue over, and I just want to talk about the Carolina Panthers. Now, have they returned to their 2015 dominant form? The Panthers nabbed another impressive victory on Sunday, beating the Lions 27-24. Cam Newton had another great game, going 26-33 for for 355 yards and three touchdowns. Now look, a lot of my Panther fans, listeners out there, 
were mad at me and they were coming at me on Facebook because I didn't have the Panthers in my top 10 power rankings last week. And when I said that Cam Newton wasn't an elite QB. So I, I'll admit, have, have my thoughts changed? <laughs> Hell no. I do not think Cam's elite. I, I do think he's top 10, but I just don't think he's elite. So I'll, I'll put it to you more like this. I'm not anti-Cam. I'm more, but I'm more of a believer in the Panthers' defense, and I don't think that's something that should go unnoticed. They're, they're ranked sixth in total defense in the league, ninth against the pass, ninth against the rush. So we're starting to see that defense slowly but surely regain its dominant form like we saw in 2015. Now, like I said, don't get me wrong, I'm not anti-Cam. But before this game, he had five interceptions and five touchdowns on the season, and he was playing pretty average. So forgive me, I wasn't quite ready to throw a party for him yet, but I will say if he continues to establish his success and not turn the ball over, I'm sure we'll be having a different discussion in the upcoming weeks. Oh, yeah, for you Panther listeners, I got the Panthers beating the Eagles tonight. But let's move on to some trouble up in Pittsburgh. Is Big Ben done? That's the word I've been hearing a lot, the topic. Everybody's talking about it. Now, look, no one was more upset than me watching my starter for fantasy this week throw five interceptions against the Jaguars in a 39 loss. Surprisingly, I still won that fantasy game. But anyways, that performance, along with the average play Big Ben has put on the field, has not only viewers, but himself questioning whether it's time for him to hang up the cleats. Ben was quoted after the game saying maybe he just doesn't have it anymore. Granted, it was it was right after the game. Any QB who just threw five interceptions honestly would be questioning their quarterback and ability. But it's no secret Ben Ben ha- Big Ben hasn't been great at, great lately, you know? It's no secret he hasn't been great lately dating back to last year's playoffs where he failed to score a touchdown against the Dolphins and then he followed it up with a pitiful performance against the Kareem Hunt less Chiefs. Then, of course, you know what happened when he goes to Foxborough, right? Granted, they won those games, but Big Ben played pretty average. But I think this is a problem that can be fixed, though, and I think it falls on the shoulders of the Steelers head coach, Mike Tomlin. And, you know, he's known around the league as one of the best motivational coaches in the league. Well, if you want to make sure this ship doesn't sink any further, it's time to motivate your QB. Take some pressure off. Give more handoffs to Le'Veon Bell. Things of that nature, in my opinion, plain and simple. I believe the Steelers are still a title contender, a contender, excuse me, but it's up to them to find that stride again. So with all this quarterback talk, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Big Ben, what I got coming up right now, I got my top QBs through week five ranked right now. So basically I got the top guys who I think are playing at the highest level based on stats and their team success and, and what I've seen them do. So without further ado, let me get it started. So coming in, hmm. I start at number one. Coming in at number one, Alex Smith. All right, he's completing seventy-six percent of his passes. He has one thousand three hundred ninety-one yards, eleven TDs, and zero interceptions. Only undefeated team left in football. The league is like what it sees from vertical Alex Smith. It's definitely a side we didn't think we would see. Not only is he more vertical, he is still as accurate as ever with eleven touchdowns and zero interceptions on the season. So we'll see how long he can keep this up. So number one, I got Alex Smith. Coming in at number two, I got my dog, Aaron Rodgers. 66 precision completed. He has 1,367 yards, 13 touchdowns, and three interceptions. Rodgers, with the exception of a game, has looked cerebral as ever. Whether it's been getting first downs with his feet or threading the needle down the sideline, 
Rodgers continues to do it all for the Packers, who have, to no surprise, been hit with a boatload of injuries. As long as he continues to play at this level, barring injury, the Packers are a threat to anyone not named the Falcons, apparently. So, number two, I got Aaron Rodgers. Coming in at number three, Tom Brady, who has 17,000 yards on the season. Oh, excuse me, 1,702 yards on the season, 11 touchdowns, and one interception. You know, despite the record, Tom Brady is off to his best start even in his long career. But he hasn't always been able to put up enough points to outpace his horrendous defense. That's on a record place to be the worst defense ever. But even still, he remains in that elite class even at the age of 40. So at number three, I got Tom Brady. At coming in at number four, I got the young man Carson Wentz, who's thrown for 1,362 yards, 10 touchdowns with three interceptions. The second pick in last year's draft has the Eagles in some familiar territory they haven't been in a while. First in the NFC at 4-1, and the NFC East at 4-1. The Eagles did their due diligence in getting weapons for Carson Wentz this year, and it's paid off. He's starting to look every bit of what a number two pick should look like. Let's see how he continues to play as the season progresses. So, number five. This was hard for me. I was juggling a couple quarterbacks. I wasn't quite sure who I was going to use, but... Number five I got right now is Cam Newton. He's completing 68% of his passes. He's thrown for 1,237 yards, eight TDs. He does have five interceptions on the season, though. While not the prettiest-looking stats this season, over the last two games against good good opponents, Cam has had six touchdowns and only one interception and also has done work on the ground. Now, this spot could have went to a couple of guys, like I said, with better stats, as in Dak or Matthew Stafford or Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. But I also took the record into account. And at 4-1, I have to give it to the Panthers for now. But anyways, that's all I got on the NFL today. Let's move over to the NBA. You guys know it's almost that time. Next week, NFL regular season starts. But um, I wanted to take a few moments to talk about Cleveland. Is there trouble in Cleveland? You know, it's always something going on when it comes to LeBron James, and maybe that's rightfully so. He made his preseason debut on Tuesday after being sidelined with an ankle injury, and the Cavs' starting lineup looked out of sync. Now, don't get me wrong, this could easily be rust or a lack of game, game time together on the court, and I'm sure they'll figure it out, but I'm not quite as sold on Cleveland as a lot of people are. I'm not sure Dwayne Wade can last the whole season, let alone mesh in the starting lineups. I'm honestly not sure at this point in his career is he a better defender than J.R. Smith, who is also frustrated that he is no longer in the starting lineup, as well as Tristan Thompson, who has been moved to the bench so that Kevin Love can take over center responsibilities. Is there enough space on the floor that features a backcourt of two slashers, D-Rose and Wade? I I guess we'll have to see, but one thing is for sure, to me, in my opinion, the Cavs had some issues that definitely need addressing on and off the court. There's a lot of drama surrounding that team right now. I mean, honestly, I, I have nothing but respect for D-Wade, but I think he would be better off the bench in this situation. That way they can monitor his minutes better to prevent injury, and also I think he can run that second team. I don't. I think JR is the better option for the starting lineup because he can spread the floor, and I think he's a better defender at this point in their careers. So we'll see how D-Wade being in the starting lineup works. We'll see how he shoots from three. That's going to be huge. But anyways, let's segue to my final thoughts. So a recent survey was done, and NBA GMs and coaches, etc., top, top guys, 
pick Carl Anthony Towns as the player they would want to start their NBA franchise with right now. And look, I like Carl Anthony Towns, and I think he's arguably the best center slash, you know, power forward in the league. But I can't agree there. While while he is great, championships are won by dominant through the years, great championships won have been won by dominant big men. But now it's more so about the most dominant wing player like LeBron James. That's who the championships are won by. That's what you need on your team to ultimately win, in my opinion. And so if I had to choose one player going forward, I'm going to go with the Greek freak, Giannis. You know, after leading his team in points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, minutes, and PER, how could I not pick the 22-year-old Greek sensation? 6'11", dude can do it all. Think about it. He can guard every position because even if he is slower than a guard or not as strong as a power forward and centers in the league, he makes up for it in length. Once he gets that jumper falling on a more consistent basis, I think everybody should be worried about that. He could easily become the best player in the league, and he is on the MVP watch this season, definitely. I think Giannis Antetokounmpo going forward is going to be one of the premier players in the league. Just his length and everything he could do on the court and his vision and his defense, you know, that's that's hard to find with that size person. You know, LeBron was one of the first that was built like that outside of, you know, like my, Magic Johnson. So I think Giannis has that kind of build. And, you know, once that jumper really starts to fall, you know, he's going to be tough to stop because who's really blocking his shot? I don't know because he's 6'11", and, you know, he has that wingspan. It's almost KD-ish. But anyways, look. The Bucks, I think that's a team we need to watch out for. That's my dark horse team in the East to make some noise this year. Hopefully, Jabari Parker can stay healthy. But anyways, yo, it's been another great episode of Here's the Deal. I thank everybody for tuning in. Always, always remember to please share this wherever you may be listening at. And I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to Here's the Deal. Tune in for next week's episode. And don't forget to add your host, Michael D. White Jr. on Facebook, Instagram, and the podcast YouTube channel, Here's the Deal. Thank you for tuning in to Here's the Deal. Tune in for next week's episode. And don't forget to add your host, Michael D. White Jr. on Facebook, Instagram, 